You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We're all here because we come under submission to Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. That's why we worship together. And she's saying, come on, let's just pray the prayer. Jesus said himself at the garden. You remember that moment? He said, I know you weren't there, but you've read it. (laughs) Said, not my will, but your will be done. And uh, if Jesus prayed that prayer, then I think we should all do the same, right? So why don't we just quickly, let's just stand to our feet. Let's just give our heart, our life, our mind everything that we are and everything that we have to Jesus, our families. God, let's lift up our hands. God, we just thank you that we're all here because of you. Thank you, God, that our journey started with you. We thank you, God. Right now, we have the opportunity to meet together as a church. We have the opportunity to have your word. God, that each one of us can own a Bible. We thank you, God, that we get to read your word on a daily basis and allow and have you speak to us. And we want to make sure at the start today that we say again, not our will, but your will be done, Jesus. I pray you'd speak to us today. Uh, You would encourage us today. You'd strengthen us. We pray blessing over every household, blessing over every family. And we pray, God, that we'd hear your voice today, Jesus. Thank you. You are with us in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Let's take our seats again. That's great. And we're going to join you taking our seats. It's quite nice being on stage. Have a little relax relax on a Sunday morning. Nice bit of foliage. Ah, we need to swap these. Oh, I'm on yours. There you are. Oh, good. Very good. Well, it's great to be, be with you this morning, and uh, we've been in Manchester the last few weeks. Just so you know, I know Lee and Lausanne kicked off this series last week, Unwritten Rules. We're just taking two weeks, and then next week, these three weeks are really not about expository preaching. So if you're expecting that, then that's not today. We did that Galatians series, and obviously, uh, in a few weeks' time, we're going to start a family series where we're looking at... God's idea of family. We're going to start from Genesis again. And last series, we started with Genesis, went all the way through to Revelation 22 in four Sundays, however that's possible. But we managed it, right? And so we're going to go back again to Genesis chapter 1. And uh, there's so much that we can learn and understand from looking at the whole, the meta-narrative of Scripture. Uh, It's really important for us to do that. And that's not what today's about. So today is just, we're kind of like last week, we're uh, pulling back the curtains and looking a bit about the, uh, uh, just how things go and what we see church as, what Audacious Church is, and so that you can see a bit behind the scenes. So if it's your first time with us or you're fairly new, then uh, welcome to the team. And this is what we're talking like today, I guess. Anything you want to say before we get into things? I think you did good. Good. I just think you're more in a pastoral now. I mean, oh, so I'm just to happy see. to be here. Same. And um, the sun is shining in Chester. Come on. 
And how good does outside look? I'm like, no one's going to go home. You're just going to hang in those like cool little hangout vibes. And just praise God that we can meet like yeah. in church together and great to see faces. So I'm looking forward to hanging out with you after as well. Everyone's like, let's talking about fellowship and let's actually go and do it. It's true. All right. Well, we've, we're only going to take 20 minutes. So uh, let's lean in. <laughs> let's make the most of it. Talking about unwritten rules, Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 to 4 has been a, a key scripture for us as a church over the last two or three years, maybe. And it's the moment that the Israelites, the people of God, the family of God, looking at that in a few weeks' time, but they are on the, uh, on the precipice of what God has promised for them. They're right on the edge and they're, they're about to cross the Jordan River. And God speaks to them and says, what you're going to need to do is make sure that you look up Look to me, and he sends out the Levites, which are the worship team. And this was a different order they were going to walk out in. He says, you're going to need to send the worship team out this time because it's a sign that we're going to take some territory. And also, because the worship team are ahead of you, it's going to remind you that you need to going to look up to go forward. And I want you to think about this new season coming out of COVID that we're going to need to send our worship out first. We're going to make sure we need to praise first because we've never been this way before. And that was God's word to them. You need to praise. You need to worship. Because the only way to go forward is firstly to look up. And so there's been a key scripture for us. And as a church, we sensed uh, there was a new season for us as a church that we were walking into, stepping into, and we're going to take more territory. And uh, for 12 years, we've operate, I guess, out of Manchester, and by year eight, we started here in Chester, and thank God for you incredible people, but it's almost taken us this long to, to plant two campuses, and we felt there was going to be a season of expansion and acceleration, and God is showing us that, and there's rapid things happening, but there's rapid increase, but in order for us to step forward into what God wants, let's all remind ourselves the reason we do this is because of who leads us. And we've got to continue to look up, look up. Let's not get so focused on the project and on the mission that we fail to look at our creator God. And so he's the reason we do everything. So that's Joshua chapter 3. And if we're going to move forward, because we've got to make sure that our mission, we're talking about the right things. Because the Psalms talk about commending God's work from one generation to the next. And the tragedy would be for us to plant campuses, to extend new mission projects, do all of these incredible things and carry a diluted message. We want to make sure we do everything that we're doing with the right message, a concentrated message of who Jesus is and what Jesus, God's word to us in this generation is. And there is right now a battle for the gospel. And we've got to make sure that we are bringing the word of God, the gospel, not a new gospel. We're bringing the undiluted gospel word of God to a generation that needs it. One generation commends your works to the next. And as we go forward, let's make sure we're bringing the gospel truth. There's an old story that goes, uh, it was Christmas time and there's a family and they're obviously cooking turkey. And uh, that, what happened was that the 
the grandma was cutting off half of the turkey. They got it in the oven. And the family were thinking about this tradition. They'd seen half turkeys going in the oven year after year. And they asked, why is it that you do this? And she, the only answer she had was because this is how my mother prepared the turkey. And so they were doing the same generations on. And they asked her, why is it that your mother did that? And, they, and she said, well, it was just because her mother before her, my grandmother did it. And so now five generations on are witnessing this tradition that's been passed on from generation to generation. But the truth was when they went back and understood the why behind the what, was the only reason they were cutting half the turkey off was because five generations ago, the oven wasn't big enough for a whole turkey. And the truth is, if we present a message that is not true to what the Word of God is, we are in the same way passing on a message that has got half of it chopped off for no other reason. We've got to come back to the why behind the what. Let's make sure we present the full Word of God to this generation. They are desperately in need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, so with Lee, Pastor Lee and Lisandri last week uh, started the series Unwritten Rules. And what happens is, is that just as Mark said, we can live um, with these unwritten rules. In other words, it's not something that's like plastered on a, a notice board. It's not something that's you've not signed a contract. But over time and through circumstance and experience, we kind of end up living with these unsaid rules that either someone has kind of imposed on you just through the way they live through, you know, putting half a turkey in the oven, or it's just something that's kind of like you've kind of picked up maybe through some kind of distorted filter or lens. And what the danger is, is that if we live by these unwritten rules, is that we live small, contained, restricted, confined lives. And it's almost like we have and put on ourselves this glass ceiling. In other words, when you look, you can kind of look and think, I can see through that. I'm going somewhere. I'm going places. But actually, there's a ceiling that's there that's keeping you contained, small, and living restricted. And church, that is not what God wants us to live like. He's never, he didn't die on a cross. Jesus didn't die on a cross for us to live contained, small lives, but to live in freedom and to live out the God purpose that he has for each and every one of you. And as a church, that is our heart. Our heart is that you don't live with any restriction imposed by what you think you should and shouldn't do, imposed by other people, but that you live free and live in the freedom that God's got for you with his purpose for you. I reckon when we think back, um, actually church baby's been going 14 years this year. Just You it said has. 12. What did I say? 12, 12 years. He's lost two years. Sorry. 14 years ago, uh, we moved to Manchester 14 years ago this August, which is just crazy. And we started 14 years ago with 12 people. Maybe that's what you were thinking. Uh, 12 people in a back street in a small building. And we just had a heart for, to see God transform a city, the city of Manchester. And we were there with, I guess, probably maybe about 90 people started. And fast forward 14 years, and we now have over, you know, about 4,000 people who call Audacious Church their home which is amazing. We have multiple ministries and now we have church here, a home here in Chester, which is incredible. And we have incredible people who have come 
uh, over the years, from all different walks of life, from different backgrounds, from different nations, having experienced different things in life, all coming with um, their own paradigms, with their own filters, with their own way that they see and do life, and maybe through experience in life, maybe through church experience, and everyone's kind of come. And I guess even now, adding on to that, a layer of COVID, where we've had over a year of uh, lockdown, social distancing restrictions, I reckon there is so many different filters going on, so many different paradigms, so many different ways that we're all looking at the world. And I guess what this series is about doing is making sure that we have the right perspective, making sure that we have the right lens, that we're all looking through the right lens. None of these rules that we maybe have picked up along the way through life experience, through maybe past church experience, that we want to make sure we're all on the same page, making sure that we're living out the God-given destiny, the purpose that God's put on our lives. And today we want to smash some of those things that maybe you've picked up along the way or maybe people have imposed on you. And so it's some unwritten rules we want to smash out of the park today and make sure that you're living in freedom. It's good. So we've got so, a few of those, haven't we? Yeah, I guess firstly, just to think over this uh, day and beyond this day is just to think, what are some of the self-imposed restrictions that maybe I can challenge? What are some limitations that I've put on myself, if I'm really honest? And that's a, a good self-reflection, is just to think, what, what is it that I'm, I, I'm, there may be a limitation that you live under, that you've pushed onto others, and now you think they've put it onto you, where in reality, if you're really honest, you've put it on yourself, and you project that onto others. And the p words that people say may be in, uh, almost uh, um, say amen to that thing that you've got when they're actually not saying what you think they're saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? So let's get rid of these unwritten rules. Number one is this tonight, today, is leadership is not for me. Leadership is not for me. And I know the guys pressed on this last week. We're going to press again because we really believe that for a church to be healthy, to flourish, and to thrive, it needs every single person taking their place, taking responsibility, and saying yes to the God purpose. And so I just want to, again, speak to you if you're in the room. Again, especially if it's your first time here, you may feel unqualified. You may feel like you, you do uh, wrong actions, wrong behavior. You've got wrong thoughts. You may feel like your past disqualifies you. But all of these things are not disqualifications. These things are setting you up for the grace of God to use you. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 30, 37 and 38, Jesus is with the disciples and they see vast crowds and Jesus describes the people like they're sheep without a shepherd. He's saying someone's got to do something about this. And he says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. That's Matthew chapter 9 and verse 37 and verse 38. And it goes on in 10 verse 1. And he says he calls his disciples to him. And he gives them the authority to uh, drive out impure spirits, to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles that he gave this authority to. Simon, who's called Peter, his brother Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, 
James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These are the 12. These are the names of the 12 people. If you look at that name of 12 and you think you're underqualified, (laughs) just have a look at these guys. Simon and Andrew are working class fishermen. James and John, they are uh, business people uh, who Jesus is now saying, you can drive out the sick, you can teach my word. You know, these are entrepreneurs, but, uh, and they've got many, many boats, but they don't really know about necessarily all the fullness of the truth of God, and they've not got theology degrees. We've got Simon the, the, uh, the Zealot, who is a political activist. We've got Judas, <laughs> need we say more? We've got Matthew, a tax collector who thrives and benefits on cheating others. Uh, We've got enough underqualified people here being used by God and being commissioned to go with his message. And you think you're underqualified. Come on, God wants to use all his people to move the commission, the commandment of God to make a difference on the earth. And so not one of you is underqualified. Matthew 28, 19 says to every single one of us, go into all the world and make disciples. And for us, leadership is discipleship because leadership is, demands leading of others. And so discipleship is simply leading somebody else. And everybody can lead somebody. Everybody can lead somebody. You may have said yes to Jesus today. And you can tomorrow lead somebody else. You can simply tell your story. And so we want everybody to understand that I can disciple somebody else. I can pray with somebody else. I can teach what the Word of God has done in my life to somebody else. You might only know one verse where you can still lead someone. And so leadership is for every single one of us. Great. So following on from that, the second unwritten rule that we can have is that leaders have all the answers. I reckon we can often categorize, can't we put leaders in this um, category that they're, you know, the holy of holies. They don't make any mistakes. They have all the answers. They know what to do. They know what to say. They know where they're going. I just want to say after 18 years of being in full-time ministry, that is not true. I thought um, you were going to say marriage then, and that was going to hurt. It also coincides that we've been married for 18 years this oh, year. Oh, good. Carry on. Um, but it's not true. I have made many mistakes. There are things that I wish I could fix, and over the years I just haven't been able to. Um, I think there's times when I haven't tried to fix him, if that's what you're thinking. Um, you know, there's things that I've definitely been in times where I'm like, I have no idea what to say. I have no idea what to do. I don't know which step to take. And I reckon I feel like I know less now than I did then. I reckon 18 years ago, I'm like, I've got this. I know this. I'm like, I haven't got a clue. There is so much to know, so much to learn. But um, I've realized that I'm in good company. Mark's just said about the disciples. When you look at them, they haven't got a clue. They haven't got all the answers. The first time they tried to cast out demons, one of their first miracles, they failed because they didn't have enough faith. They got scared. They're scared of life storms just like the rest of us. They didn't have um, really full understanding of what Jesus was trying to teach. When you read the accounts, you can just kind of get a picture of Jesus being like, oh my goodness, guys, will you just get what I'm trying to say? And over and over again, it's like, you guys, 
guys, you're, you know, you're clueless. So I'm thinking, I'm in good company. But what I love about the disciples is they gave what they had. Um, in Acts 3, verse, uh, verse 6, Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And I've learned over the years, it's not about having all the answers, but it's about being willing to share and give of what I do have. Being able to give to what, you know, just one thing. What's one thing I know about God? I can share that with someone else. And I want to encourage you that the thing is, is that when we live under that rule of uh, leaders have all the answers, it can do two things which I think can be dangerous. The first thing is that we have an unhealthy expectation of our leaders. And what we're left with is disappointment and offense because they didn't fix my life. They didn't sort out this problem. They didn't help me with this challenge and, you know, make it all better. And, you know, I want to say that Pastor Lynn Lizanne's job is not to fix your life. It's not to remove every challenge, every problem. They'll be relieved. But it is to come alongside you, to coach you, to love on you, to create an environment where you can encounter God, where you can connect with other people, where you can live in the freedom that God's got for you. I'm so glad that the leaders in my life have not um, robbed me of the opportunity to get to know God. They've not taken away every challenge and every um, fix, every problem, because there have been moments where I'm like, someone, will you please help me? But the fact is, is that I'm glad that they let me go on the journey so that I could experience God's goodness for myself, so that I could get the miracle that I needed. And had they come and given me things on a plate, I would never experience God's provision. I'd have never experienced God's miracle power in my life. So I want to encourage you that we don't want leaders to have all the answers. My walk with God is my responsibility. Um, and the second thing is that we can do if we live under that realm that leaders have all the answers is that just as Mark said, we disqualify ourselves. We know all our flaws. I know what I can't do. I know my weaknesses. I know my failures. But uh, 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. The truth is leaders are just ordinary people willing to be used by God. They don't have to have all the answers. And in this house, we are not trying to uh, raise leaders who are expert in their fields, but people who are willing to help other people walk through their field and point them to Jesus. That's great. All right. Third one, the third unwritten rule is my contribution doesn't matter. My contribution doesn't matter. You might look around the room and, and again, that, that sense of other people can do a way better job of me or every base is covered or, you know, my gift is not needed or my servanthood is not needed or whatever you say, but you're saying my contribution doesn't matter. And I know I'm speaking to the choir here, but when we don't come to church, we're almost saying subconsciously, I'm not needed. When I come to church, I'm saying, somebody else needs me. When I don't serve, I'm saying, my contribution doesn't matter. I know we won't ver verbally say it, but by doing those things, we're subconsciously telling ourselves and feeding a lie that either your attendance, your service, your giving, your, your encouragement of others, none of those things matter because they're insignificant. But the truth is, everything that you have is vital to the body. It's vital to the body. 1 Corinthians 12 says, Just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many are one body, that's us, we're one body. 
So it is with Christ. So in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body was an ear, where would the sense of smell? But as it is, God has arranged the members in his body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Your contribution, your part, the gift God has on your life is vital to this body. Don't compare yourself to what everybody else is doing. Don't compare yourself with what you think you should be doing. The part you play today is essential. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't not step up to the plate because you think this lie, my contribution doesn't matter. Every single one of you is vital to the body of Christ. The church is the family of God. It's the body. It's the kingdom of Christ. The church fulfills the purpose of God. The church was purposed by the blood of Jesus. But by the blood of Jesus, the church exists to worship God and to preach His message. And the church is His body where every single person is essential to its functioning. Amazing. Just really quick, just to, uh, the next one is the unwritten rule is that the platform is the prize. I think we live in a, in a society, in a realm where everyone puts on the pedestal, the celebrities, the hero status, the, the people with all the likes and the influencers. And I think often we can segregate that. So that's just out there. But actually, we can do it with our own lives. We can strive for promotion. We can strive for title. We can strive for prominence and position. And even I reckon it happens in the house of God as well. We can have like the church celebrity status. That it's like, oh, you know, if I can just become the head host, then I've made it. If I can just, you know, have a small group leader title. If I can just be asked to lead the prayer meeting. Oh, oh my goodness, if I'm a musician, I have really made it. If I can get myself on the platform, and maybe the ultimate goal you can kind of see at the top there is that you're a full-time paid member of staff. And if I do that, then I have truly made it. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with wanting or desiring these things, not at all. But the issue comes is when we attach our self-worth and our identity to those things. When it becomes all-consuming, there is everything that we're chasing after, our time, our energy, our focus, everything is about just attaining, going after something and gaining something to get um, self-worth and self-value. And that is not true. I've seen year after year watching people kind of striving to gain this. And in the process, they end up losing so much. They lose relationships. They lose sight of what God has actually got. They make the platform the prize instead of making Jesus the prize. I've learned along the way, it's way better to be promoted by Jesus than to position myself. Because the fact is, if Jesus puts you there, things are His problem. If I put myself there, things are my problem. Hebrews um, 
No. Matthew says, For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. We have to make Jesus the prize, not the platform, not title, not recognition. Jesus sees you. He knows you. I just really want to encourage us that we don't try and strive for something that was never anything to, be, to strive for. It's about looking with an eternal perspective. We don't get value from what we do, but who we are. We're children of God with God-given purpose for every single individual. And we value every person in the life of the church, whether you're on stage or on staff or not. We value you and your contribution. The platform is not the prize. It's Jesus is the prize. Amazing. So listen, the, the action really from, from this message of unwritten rules is firstly just to uh, just go away and think, okay, what are the ceilings that I've put on myself? And what do I need to strip away? What, what do I need to come back to? And our heart is that you come back again to the heart of Jesus, that you would have him speak with you, be with you. And also that you would understand that we as the bride of Christ, we get a few years on this planet to do his mission, his command. And then we join with him and we are unite with Him and uh, we, we experience the fullness of God. And so let's do everything that we can with these years we have to make a difference. Let's take people with us into the presence of God, into eternity. And so our heart is that you connect with the Bride of Christ. You'd be part of His church. And so on your way out today, and as you uh, in groups of six and all that stuff, but outside we've got stations where you can make yourself known and so if you're fairly new and you're not uh you've not said hey i'm here and i'm part of this house we'd love you to do that if you're not on a team we'd love you to serve on a team if you're not in a small group where we do life and discipleship together be part of a small group and all those things would just help us be together be the body put ourselves in community because the church is about the family of god doing this life with God together so that we learn together. Iron, iron, sharpening each other, getting uh, to know God together. That's the whole point of this journey. And so we're going to pray for you and then we're going to hand back to Lee. Yeah. Let's stand to Why our feet stand for a second. God, we just thank you for every person in this room today. God, I thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. And God, we've been declaring that this is going to be our biggest year yet. And it's going to take every single one of us. And Holy Spirit, I ask, ask right now that you'd illuminate any ceiling that people have put on their own lives. Maybe through experience, maybe through words spoken or assumption. And God, right now, would you just illuminate it? And we just want to break every ceiling. Right now, everything that's not of you, every lie that's been whispered, every negative experience that's taken place that's maybe held people small, confined, restricted, maybe areas of people's lives where they disqualified themselves. And you're saying over them, that is just not true. You are valued, you are loved, you are accepted, you are worthy. God, I just pray right now, every ceiling would be broken that people would walk out of this place just feeling that little bit freer, knowing that you have a plan and a purpose for every single person in this place, that they are valuable to this house, that they have a contribution, a part to play. God, we thank you that there is a city out there, a region out there that needs to hear you. God, I thank you that you're at work, that you're at moving right now. 
And God, that you are going to be willing to use us in all our weakness and all our failure. God, I thank you that you're bringing strength to us, strength to your body, that your bride is incredible. It's beautiful. It's healthy. It's strong. And God, we just thank you for what you're about to do for every individual life in this place and for this church, this house, this city, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Audacious Podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online, every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.